Okay, could we, does everybody have a outline for tonight? If you could take your outline and uh, if we could read the title together, let's have the brothers stand up and read the title. Okay, ready, go. Experiencing and enjoying the church life in the home. Okay, sisters. Okay, good. Okay, before we start the message, I was thinking this way, uh, just so we can see one another. Uh, if you're in a home meeting on Monday night, could you stand up? All those that are in a home meeting Monday night. Yeah. Okay, look at this. And some of you guys are together in home meetings. Okay, you can sit down. If you're in a home meeting Tuesday night, could you stand up? Oh, Malik's in it every night. Yeah. Okay, good. Okay. If you're in a home meeting, I believe there's even one Wednesday night before the prayer meeting. If you're in a home meeting Wednesday night, could you stand up? Great. Okay, if you're in a home meeting, we won't say Thursday because we're all here. Okay, how about if you're a home meeting Friday night, stand up? Yeah, that's the big night. Yeah. Okay, very good. Okay, and, if, uh, and I believe there's also a home meeting on Saturday night, right? If you're in a home meeting Saturday night, stand up. Okay. Okay, so you can see that uh, we value very much the homes. They're really, really important. And uh, that's why we wanted to have this uh, time in the Word uh, to see the church life in the home. So in Roman number one, if you could read Roman number one, go ahead, go. The importance of the homes in God's New Testament Right. And then A, it's very interesting. You probably have never heard this utterance concerning the homes. Could you all read A together? The Holy Spirit's invention. Okay. Did you all realize that the homes are the invention of the Holy Spirit? Now, I have to spend a little time to convince you of this. But you think about back then when people met together, when the Romans met together, where did the Romans meet? Colosseum. Where did the Greeks meet? In the Parthenon. Where did the Jews meet? Synagogue. Temple. You know, back then it was the temple. That's where they met. So you just think about all these different peoples around the Mediterranean at that time. They met in very large places. And then all of a sudden you have this invasion. I'd call it an invasion of the spirit on the day of Pentecost. And they're there praying in the upper room and for 10 days, and all of a sudden there's blowing of the wind and tongues of fire appear and the Spirit baptizes all the, all the uh, ones that were in that upper room. And Peter stood up and he began to speak and he started to say, you know, people were mocking. They were saying, well, you know, these men are filled with new wine, they're, they're drunk. Peter said, no. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And then he started quoting the prophet Joel. And you know what he said in the prophet Joel? You can check it out in, in Joel 2, I believe it's 21 and 22. It says this, in the last days, I'm gonna pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And you know what Peter said? This, what you're seeing today, is that which was spoken in the prophet Joel. So there was a pouring out of the spirit 3,000 get baptized, and then you have to consider, 
The church was something altogether initiated by the Spirit. So whatever they did from that time on was something that was initiated by the Spirit. And where did they start to meet? They met house to house. No longer in a big Colosseum, no longer in a big Parthenon, but at that point in time, the church began to meet house to house. Now it does say in the verse there, in the temple and from house to house, but you have to realize that very shortly after that, in AD 70, the Romans came and destroyed the temple, and it was just house to house. Now here's something you might have not have considered, and that is this. In the archeological record, for the first 300 years, there's no church buildings. I don't know if you ever considered that, but in the archeological record, no church building. You can dig down, dig down, dig down, and the first church buildings you hit is around 300 something AD. So where did the church meet? They met in the homes, they met from house to house. That's why I really want you to realize this is not just, oh, this is a good idea. That's great, you know, young people get together, we can eat together, sing together in a house. This is something very much in God's heart from the very beginning that the homes would be, have a central stage in God's eternal purpose. Uh, then in B, could you all read B together? Ready, go. Okay, now you might not have ever thought this, but I, I challenge you to go back and read the Gospels and see where the Lord healed people. See where the Lord spoke the truth to people. See where the Lord interpreted the parables to people. See where the Lord cast out demons. I challenge you. I did a, I did a paper one time just on the homes in the New Testament. I got 10 pages of verse after verse. And you'd be amazed how much of God's activity was carried out in the homes. I just picked two here because I can't fill the page with all the verses. But most of us think, you know, of big things like Jesus out at the seashore and speaking to, you know, thousands of people and he fed the 5,000 and he fed that. Most of us think about that. But actually, if you read the New Testament with an eye for the homes, you'd be shocked at how much of the Lord's activity, his speaking, and his carrying out of his economy was in the homes. So sisters, how about you read Mark 2, 1 and 2. Ready, go. Okay, so where was he? He was at home, and what was he doing? Speaking to them the word. Okay, brothers, how about Matthew 9, 10? Ready, go. And as he was reclining at table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and reclined together with Jesus and his disciples. Right, and where was he? In the house. Okay, so I just want you to realize that you check the Lord again and again when he was doing things. It was in a house. You know, when they had brought the, you know, the four men brought the paralytic and uh, they couldn't get into the house, what did they do? Yeah, they cut through the roof to let him into the house so that they could get him to Jesus because where were you gonna find Jesus? In the house, that's where you're gonna find him. The Jews, 
their thought was, we're going to find God in the temple. And that is true in the Old Testament times. But in the New Testament, do you know where you're going to find God? You're going to find him in the homes. And I'll show you a verse later on to show you how the church is so connected with the homes. But anyways, we'll go on. So in two, what I wanted to share with you, and this is my main burden for tonight, is realize the great benefits students receive by being connected to the homes. And actually, just seeing you all stand up did my heart so much good tonight, realizing that so many students are in the homes because you're getting the benefits of being in the homes. So first of all, it's a spiritual home. So here's, uh, this is kind of gonna be interactive here for a second. When you think of the word home, what words come to you? I just need somebody to kind of give me some words for home. Okay, wait a minute, hold on, let's slow down. What do you got? Family. Family, what else? Love, what else? House, okay, what else? Yeah, house, okay, what else? What? Peace. What else? Say again. Security. A dog, okay. I'm surprised nobody said cat yet, right? <laughs> okay, what's that? Yeah, exactly. Okay, now listen. You know, none of y'all said this, and I'm surprised. Moms and dads. Uh, yeah, I'll give you half credit for that, Malik. <laughs> but, I mean, think about it. In the most basic thing, how about this? Nobody said this. Brothers and sisters. Think about that. And then, bro and then, and then I was thinking, what about this? The brothers didn't say food. I'm just shocked. Okay, now, now brothers, you know, some of the brothers, let me tell you, sisters, I know you might not have this situation, but with the brothers, they have what is called the home meal plan. And so, and it's true. I'm telling you the truth. They go to the Monday night home meeting and they take a, a box back home with them for lunch the next day. And then they go to the Tuesday night home meeting and they get another box. And then, and then they go to the Friday night home meeting and they get another box and eventually they're on the home meal plan. Because food is such, you know, sharing our food is such a, I mean, even the verse there says, what were they doing in the temple and house to house? They were, they were, eventually they were partook of their what? In 246, partook of their food with exaltation and simplicity of heart. Okay. Now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you my definition. I just asked you, because you have to think of all the different things that are associated with a home. Okay, I want you to write this down. Care from many directions. Okay, I wanna say that again. What you're gonna find in a home is care from so many directions. You're gonna get care when you get to a home. Okay, now, you just think about living things. And I want you to write this down. All living things respond to care. Okay, let me say that again, because I want you to get this. All living things respond to care. Okay, so you have a plant that's drooping, and you pour a little water on the plant, what happens? The plant perks up, you took care of the plant, and it responded. Okay, then you have a dog that's a little sad and you start petting the dog, what happens? 
starts wagging its tail, it starts barking, it starts getting happy. You know, Troy, when we go to Troy's house, I don't know, is Troy here? Did he leave? I'm not sure if he's here. Troy has a dog. And, uh, you know, the brothers, that dog, when the brothers come in, is so happy because he gets so much attention when the brothers are there. I mean, he's just going from brother to brother to get attention. But the point is, you give a little care, and they, people respond, living things respond to care. And when you get into a house, this is where practical care is, okay? Now, please put this down. When you get into a house, this is where you get practical care. Okay, you know, you can be having some, you know, just being at UT and just being out there in the, in the storms at UT, lots of different problems, lots of different problems. Problems with grades, problems with money, problems with health, all sorts of problems, problems with relationships. Okay, if you come to a big meeting like this, okay, I'd call this a big meeting. Are you gonna have the boldness to stand up and say, you know, I'm really having financial problems. Could y'all pray for me? I don't think so. You come to the meeting on the Lord's Day, you're not gonna get that type of care. But when you're in a home with moms and dads and brothers, older brothers and sisters that you can open up and you can talk to, practical care. I really want you to get this, that when you touch a home, you touch practical care and this care will help you get through all the storms of college life. To me, to me, to me, to be in a home at least once a week while you're in college, that will absolutely set you on a very, very positive course. Okay, now let me give you an example. Uh, is Will here? Did Will have to leave? Okay, we'll have to, I have to, I have to choose somebody else. Okay, so how about Malik? Come on up here. So, okay, so here's Malik here, and um, he's in high school. We're just pretending he's in high school now. Act like you're in high school. <laughs> okay, and so, so, so Malik, he, go, he goes, there's, there's a retreat, you know, with the Christians he meets with, and he goes on a weekend retreat, come on up. And, and Malik, boy, he gets really high in the enjoyment, <laughs> totally enjoying the Lord. And he says, life is gonna change now. It's gonna be different when, it's gonna be different when I get back to, to, to high school. You know, I found it, this is it. And then the retreat's over and we go back down. And the old friends are there, the old buddies are there, and all of a sudden this spiritual high is not there. Okay, then three or four months later, another retreat, okay? But we're gonna go higher this time, we're gonna go up here. So, I mean, he really gets lit up, and he is, I mean, yeah, he is really enjoying the Lord, and uh, he thinks it's different now. I'm gonna speak to my friends, I'm going to be, you know, absolute for God. I'm going to love God. Then Monday comes along. And maybe he just goes down to here on Monday. It goes down a little bit, but he's still, he's still in the glow of that retreat. But Tuesday comes along, and his old buds start coming up. And there's Malik again. This is the history in high school. This is the history. Up, 
down, up, down, up, down. Retreat, way up there, come back down. Another retreat, another occasion, up, down. It's like, it's like those, uh, maybe like an oscilloscope, just Now, if you would give yourself, and I know it's late now, we're at the end of the semester, but if you would give yourself to be in a home once a week, that's it, just once a week, to get that practical care, that line will start not being so wavy. And instead of it being like up and down, it would just be a steady line just going up like that in a steady way. I would challenge any student just be in a home once a week. Things happen when you get into a home. Care is there. You get through situations, problems, things like that. And you have a way to go on in a solid way. You know, I, I was thinking, Celio, you know, have you been in a home every week this semester? Pretty much? How's your experience of Christ? Is it, is it like this still? Okay, tell me what it's like. If you can stand up, tell them. Tell them, Celia, what it's like. Yeah. Oh, you got two. Okay. Yeah, it just helps me like stay in Christ throughout the whole week. So Monday, I start off my week and have a home meeting, so I enjoy Christ. Yeah. With other saints, and so it just really helps me with not just like enjoying Christ on like ministry series or a Sunday. Yeah. Throughout the whole week, I'm enjoying Christ. Excellent. Okay. Hey, Michael Evans. Okay. How, how have the home meetings affected you? You've been in how many? Two or three a week? Two. Uh, I have one on Friday with the Kapowskis and then um, the Garvey's on Saturday. Okay. So how, how, how has that been? It's just, it's wonderful. Yeah. Tell us about it. Like uh, a couple of weeks ago, like, we didn't have the Garvey's for a couple of weeks. And then the Kapowskis, like, we didn't yeah. have that for a week. And I just went, like, down. Like, I, I had a pretty rough couple of weeks. Yeah. We didn't have the home meetings. Sure. Jessica, how about you, Jessica? You know, Jessica came here, you're from California, right? And, you know, I always worry about somebody coming from California to Texas, what an adjustment. <laughs> I mean, that beautiful Mediterranean climate here, and then, you know, you know tomorrow it's going to be 92 degrees, and it's, you know, still April. <laughs> uh, so tell us about your experience of being in the homes every week. And I'm sure you're in a home meeting every week, right? The homes win. Okay, can we all say that? The homes win. They really do. The care is there in the homes. And especially coming to college, first time away from home, we need the care that's in the homes. Okay, I'm running out of time, so let's, so let's go to the next one. Um, making, can we read B together? Ready, go.
Okay, sisters, could you read Philippians 1.25 and then brothers 4.12 of Colossians. Ready, sisters, go. Okay, so what is it for? The remaining is for two things, progress and joy of the faith. Okay, then brothers of Colossians. Okay, now here's another thing I'd like you to write down. You can trace the source of all spiritual blessing, trace the source of all spiritual blessing back to prayer. Okay, write that down. You can trace the source of all spiritual blessing back to prayer. Uh, you know, none of us would be in this room if there wasn't somebody praying for us. I, I promise you, whether it's a grandmother, whether it's a brother, whether it's a sister, whether it's a mom, none of us would be here unless somebody was really praying for us. We should never think that we're standing here because of some virtue of our own. Absolutely, it's a matter of someone praying for us and that prayer helps us to make spiritual progress and to go on. Uh, you just consider, when you go into a home, it looks like you're just going through this wood door. It looks like you're just going through this metal door. You know, you go in there and you don't have much consciousness. You're in a home and, and you went through the door and there's a vestibule or a hallway there and, and you know, there's warmth and everything. But in the invisible realm, what's going on is you, unbeknownst to you, are getting into the hearts of those older saints that own the home. You're getting in. Yes, outwardly you pass through a physical door, but inwardly you're passing through a spiritual door into the heart of those believers in that home and they begin to pray for you. And that's when progress takes place. To, to me, if you get on somebody's heart, if you get into somebody's prayer list, you are going to have a very good time at UT. You will make progress at UT. And vice versa, if you're just out there on that ocean by yourself and no one's praying for you, hard times are coming. They are coming. You know, uh, when I, uh, I, I met with the believers in New Orleans before I came to Texas, and uh, so we were in a big house in New Orleans, and there was uh, all the single brothers, we were in the basement of the house, and then on the kind of the middle story, there was the meeting hall and the kitchen and everything. And then on the top story, there was an older couple and their kids. And, you know, I'm 22 years old, 21. You know, I'm just having, yeah, I know it's hard to imagine there, Alex, but anyways. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, just running around and just being crazy and enjoying the Lord and, and uh, Alex, I'd be a match for you at that time. <laughs> but anyways, um, so, you know, again, you know, here's the point. Unbeknownst to me, I was really getting into the hearts of those older believers in that house. See, this is the point I want to make. I didn't realize it, but I was getting into their hearts and their prayer was there. 
And so, you know, you fast forward a number of years, and I'm here at University of Texas, and I'm going to share, you know, be one of the brothers to share the college conference. And all of a sudden, I get this phone call from, you know, up in the, you know, Metroplex area, and I didn't know who it was. And, and you know, I said, hello. And she goes, hey, Brother Neil, this is Sister Dorothy. And I'm like, oh, Dorothy, that's the older sister that was in the house there. And, she, and, she, and almost immediately, she says, we're praying for you. We heard you're gonna share the college conference. What message are you gonna share? And I'm like, you know, I've shared, you know, what message and everything. And then said, well, I'm here with some sisters and we're praying and I, I like, you know, I'm so dull that I didn't quite get it. So I said, you know, I really appreciate it. Okay, then the next college conference comes around and I'm there on campus in an appointment and here it is, 214 again. And it's Dorothy again. And uh, hello, Brother Neil. Which message are you sharing in the college conference? And, and we're praying. And then I started realizing, whoa, this sister's praying for me. Whoa. And I realized it went all the way back to the time I was living in that house. I got into the heart of that sister. And so she's praying. Let me tell you something. The more you're in the homes, the better. Okay, now, I'm not saying that we start a race in how many homes you can be in. Okay, some of y'all, I know because your schedule, you can't be in it. You know, maybe once a week's max. That's good. I tell you what, the more homes you get into, the more chance you're going to be written on someone's heart. That's all I want to say. There's more of a chance you're going to get into someone's heart and they're going to start praying for you. And boy, do we need prayer. You, you know, you go to class and you hear what the professors say and what the whole tide of this age is with morality and things like that. We need so much the prayers to keep us and enjoy the Lord. You know, Cilio, I really believe, you know, you look very happy. You actually look good tonight, too, the way you're dressed. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but Cilio... You look very happy, and I believe those believers there, they're praying for you. I believe it, Cilio. I mean, you just came here. We just uh, started meeting with, you know, you started meeting with us, what, for four months or eight months, something like that? About four months, yeah. You're a happy brother. You are a happy brother. I mean, it, I mean, I see you, and I'm just, life is just emanating. I'm just enjoying life. Stay in the homes, brother. Stay in the homes. Okay, then, um, uh, so that's where we make spiritual progress. Then could you read, how about sisters read C? Okay, ready, go. Okay, and sisters, why don't you read Ephesians 1.18. Okay, you know, the Lord has put so much in these older believers. I mean, you think of all the experience of Christ that they have experienced and how much they've enjoyed the word in their life. And somehow that has to transfer into the next generation. See, we need to have a way 
that it transfers into the next generation. Um, <laughs> you know, Fred and I, we like this verse here. You know, Fred's back there. He's visiting from Baton Rouge. He used to be here in Austin. Fred, it says, even in my old age, you see that verse there, 7118? Is it on the sheet, 7118? Even in my old age and gray-headedness, O Lord, do not forsake me until I have what done what? Declared your strength unto the next generation and your might unto everyone who is to come. So this is, this is the place. Where is the transfer going to take place of all those riches? Think about it. I just want you to think about it. Where is the transfer going to take place? It's going to take place in the homes. You're sitting at a table. You're sitting in the living room. And this brother, this sister has this wealth of experience of Christ. And you ask one little question and just Niagara Falls starts and just pours into the next generation. Again, I'm for the big meetings. I'm not against them. Please don't misunderstand me. That is not going to happen on Lord's Day morning in the North District. That is not going to happen. But when you're in someone's home and you're with one of these older believers and you ask a question or you have a problem, all the wealth of their experience of Christ and all the word that's in them is going to start to flow out. And you realize, whoa, there's a transfer taking place right here. So this is a big reason. Okay, then could we read the, uh, the next uh, Roman numeral? Uh, D, how about brothers, you read D together. Ready, go. Developing our spiritual function in an atmosphere filled with love and encouragement. Okay, sisters, why don't you read Acts 12, 12. Okay, so were they in a meeting hall praying? Where were they praying? They were in the house of who? Of Mary, the mother of John. When a, when a you know, some of y'all are in homes where there's little kids. How many of y'all are in homes where there's kids that are like one, two years old? Raise your hand if you're in, in those homes. I love being in those homes. You know why? Because they're learning. Think about that. They start saying words. You know, are we like, you know, they're saying, uh, no, that grammar is not correct. No one's saying that. You think about it. Or they start to walk and everybody's clapping. You're so excited about that. You know, when you're in a home, there's no inhibition. No inhibition. That child is just so happy to talk, to walk, to exercise. You know what's funny is sometimes I'll meet these believers and they, I, I'll ask them, you know, is your child talking? And they'll go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, they bring them up and they say, okay, say hi to, you know, Mr. Wolfson or something like that. <laughs> and they said, no, 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 they can really talk. Say, say hi. And, and then, I, then I realized, you know what the problem is? Wrong setting. Wrong setting. That same child in their home, uninhibited, with all boldness, unhindered. You know, the best place to learn how to pray is in a home. Best place to learn how to prophesy is in a home. The best place to learn how to share the Bible with one another is in a home. Hey, how about this? The best place to learn how to call on the Lord, it's in a home. 
Hey, Shalom, you go to Tino's home on, on Friday night? Stand up and give a little testimony about being in Tino's home there. And by the way, I, I didn't ask any of these people before, so I'm putting them on the spot. But tell us about finding your spirit at Tino's. Say it now. Did you hear that? Say that again. Tino's home meeting is the main reason. Okay. Just the exactly what you said, the family, the openness, you can just enjoy being around these people. Yes. It lets you be yourself. Right. It lets you want to flow. Yes. And I, I believe, didn't you share that you finally found your spirit this semester calling on the Lord when you went out yeah. to... Okay, look, just look at his smile. <laughs> just look at it. You don't even have to say anything. I mean, brother, what would your Christian life be in college if you didn't go to Tino's every Friday? <laughs> Pretty, I mean, brother, you, you, it's like you're a living testimony. You're in the homes... So many things happen in the homes. You learn how to exercise your spirit. You learn how to pray. You learn how to call. Thank you, Shalom. You learn all these things in the home. Okay, let's go to the next one there. Okay, by the way, I can stop now if you want me to. Okay, all right, I'm just, uh, because I'm supposed to have stopped already. Are you okay with me just continuing a few minutes more? Okay, okay, I don't want to, okay. All right, so how about we read E together? Ready, go. Okay, you know what we need? We need to see something. I want you to consider that. We need to see something. Okay, you know, we had this one brother. <laughs> he was a really nice brother. We met with him on campus, and, um, and he liked the full-timers. Tino met with him, I met with him, a number of the brothers met with him. And, and, you know, he liked being with the full-timers because we could share the word with him and open things that he'd never considered before. And, and uh, do you know what he labeled us as? Super monks. <laughs> Tino, we should have a sweatshirt, super monks, or something like that. I mean, this is what this brother labeled us as. He liked us, didn't he, Tino? But he just said, in, in his heart, and I'm just being honest with you, he said, I can never be like these people. I mean, honestly, he could say that. And uh, that's okay, because what's normal is not being on campus. What's normal is being in the homes. I mean, the campus has its place, don't get me wrong. But what's normal is being in the homes. So guess what? He went to Troy's home. You know, Troy is a big fisher and hunter and things like that. And when you walk into Troy's home, you know, you'll see three or four deer heads mounted up there, and then there's a big fish that he caught and a pheasant and things like that. And, and you know, Troy's running around with some funny T-shirt with some saying on it and everything. And, uh, and so he goes into the home. Listen, he goes into the home, the same one that said, we're super monks. I can't be like that. And, and what the words that came out of his mouth was, I can be like this. That was what came out of his mouth. I can be like this. And what he saw, and this is what I wanted to share with you, what he saw was a normal living of Christ in the homes. People with jobs, people with problems, people with situations, people that are in their just their normal daily life, loving the Lord, 
seeking the Lord, and yet they just live in a very normal daily life. You know what happened with that brother? Eventually, he went up to the Metroplex, got married, and his home opened up and filled with young people. Because you know what he saw when he went into that home? He saw not only the normal living of Christ lived out in people, he saw, this is my future. I can see this. Because let me tell you something. There's coming, there's coming a day, you know, I was talking to Carl. Where's Carl? Yeah, Carl's graduating this semester, right, Carl? And it's going to be called, you know what the days are going to be called? The post-CSOC era. <laughs> and, and, I mean, listen, I like CSOC. Don't you guys like CSOC? I mean, there's so much that they offer here. But eventually there's going to come a day, it's called the post-CSOC era. And Carl, let me tell you, bro, when you go and you get your job, you might move to another city, no Bible studies, no appointments on campus, no Thursday night meetings. I just want you to think about it. There's going to be this day, it's called the post-CSOC era. But you know what's going to continue? The homes. That's not going to change. That's constant. The homes are going to be there. And so, Carl, when you go to wherever you're going to go, Carl, make sure you're firmly rooted in a home when you get there. Okay. Um, so, okay, this brother, so he's in our home meeting. This, this is a true story. I'm not making this up. And not, not Carl, another brother. And, um, you, know, we, you know, you don't know what's going on inside a young per person's heart, what's going on inside of them while they're there. And uh, so he went home over spring break, and he had some free time over spring break. You know what he did? He diagrammed a house for home meetings. And he had the kitchen in a certain way, a place for the students to study, the living room with certain dimensions and things like that. And I realized something got into this guy. He saw his future. He was diagramming a house for home meetings. Something happens and you begin to realize there is something after CSOC. Okay, you know what, listen. I know it's kind of a little sensitive subject. You're gonna leave here? And I think I can prophesy without getting stoned. Sisters, you're gonna get married and you're gonna have some ninos. <laughs> I'm just telling you straight out. I mean, that's just the fact, that's gonna happen. And listen. It might not happen too long from now. It could be three, four years. And you're going to say, what did that brother say that meeting about me being married and ninos and stuff like that? <laughs> Let me tell you something. When that happens, realize there's something after CSOC. It's the homes. And to open your home will be the become a joy to you. Because what it does, now listen closely, is it dethrones the self. Okay, let me say that again. When you open your home and you have young ones in that home, it dethrones the self. The self is all the time serving itself, wanting to make itself comfortable. As soon as you begin to have other people in your home your self is dethroned. And let me tell you something. When the self is dethroned, you don't need to go to a psychiatrist. You don't need to take pills. 
you will be the most happy person when the self gets dethroned. You know why we're miserable is when we live in the self. And you know when we're the happiest? When the self is dethroned and we're caring and taking care of other people. And listen, sometimes it's not convenient, but I'll tell you what, it is such a joy to take care of others. And when you get into that era that I'm talking about, you'll have a home and you're gonna open it. I mean, Hammy, I can see it. With you, Hammy, I can just see it. Hammy, I can just see four or five brothers. I mean, it's like a dream. And there's Hammy and his wife. And, it, and, and Hammy will probably have some type of spotted dog or something like that. <laughs> and, and I can just see it, Hammy. And I can just see these, these young Galileans coming into your house and, uh, you know, saying things like, where's the food? <laughs> Hammy, I can see it. I can see it. Hammy, just do me a favor. When that happens, would you invite me to come? <laughs> okay. All right. I, I really blew it tonight on time. Okay. I got, I got one more, and I'll just mention it really quick. Is it okay? Can I do the last one? Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. So um, uh, F. Let's read F together. Ready? Go. Okay. This is huge to get this point, bearing fruit in an effortless and effective way. You know one of the reasons we fail when it comes to bearing fruit? Because we take the whole burden on ourselves. And really, the most effective way to bear fruit is with others. And when you are in a home and you have so much capital that you can choose from, to help bear the fruit that you're taking care of. You bring someone from the campus and they need to go shopping. There's someone there with a car that can take this person shopping. And then this person needs athletics and needs recreation. There's, where's Drew? Is Drew here? Drew's not here either. Drew, you know, listen to this. You know what Drew did? I, 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 I mean it. And he even, he, he even did a seal for it. He has Seasock Weightlifting Club and Seasock running club and there's like a little guy running and it has sea sock next to it and everything like that. Okay, how many weight lift or run with, uh, with Drew? Raise your hand. Okay, you see? Hey, Drew, there he is. He's meeting a need. Okay, he's meeting a need there. Okay, I mean, here's Carlos coming from New Mexico and Carlos, I, I know a little bit about his past, very athletic, right? Very much into sports. Isn't it good that we have a Drew among us? It's very good, that's right. But then you also meet with the brothers and get in the Word. Isn't it good we have brothers like that that you can get in the Word with? See, in other words, here's the point, write this down. There is no all-inclusive shepherd. Let me say that again. There is no all-inclusive shepherd. We need to bear fruit in a net. You know, when they fished in the New Testament, did they fish with a line and a hook or with a net? They fished with a net. One time, Peter had to go fishing with a line and a hook when he blew it, but that was a negative experience. You fish with a net. People need the word, they need to go shopping, they need to go running. You know, they, they have all sorts of needs, and when, they, when we bring them into the home, that is the best way that we can bear fruit effortlessly. It's not all on you. It's not all weighing on you. You bring them to the home and it's like you get unburdened and there's a way for everyone to jump in and help bear fruit. 
Okay, you can cast stones now. It's 717. I'm sorry I went this long. I feel so good about the homes. How do you feel about the homes? <laughs> Danny, how about it? Isn't it great, Danny? Yeah, okay. Why don't you all break up into groups for about 10 minutes and read the stuff on the back, and then you can come back and, and overflow. <laughs>